0: landmarks in your life. You come to a place where things are different after than they were before. Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. I want to tell you, or, or share with you, how things can be better. But they are landmarks in your life. When Jesus stood in the synagogue or in Nazareth, his very first message, his announcement of what he was going to do, his, his, his life's mission, if you will. He said this, he read from the scroll, because they didn't have books in those days, it was a long scroll. and they, He found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In another place, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it in all its fullness, a life free from guilt free from fear, free from shame, free from anxiety, a life that is filled with hope and expectation, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This message that I want to bring to you this morning, and we'll continue, I've had to book, uh, I, I thought it would be good for you to hear some, some other speakers besides ourselves, so I've, I've booked. Different speakers come, but I had to fit in with when they could come. So part two will be in a few weeks' time for this message. Um, it's, uh, It's a message of coming out of slavery into a glorious place of complete victory in Christ. But the sad thing for me is that most of the people who came out of Egypt never fully entered into the promised land. That doesn't mean to say they weren't saved, but it does mean that they never really experienced everything that was bought for them, that was intended for them. And I wonder, for you and I this morning, whether we fully live in the reality and the blessing of, of everything that Jesus bought for us upon the cross. And I trust by the end of our little series uh, this time round, each one of us will be living more victorious, more faith filled, more joy filled lives. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, a new life. Um, there was a little phrase in our, when I was in the Bible college, and it went like this the old is in the the new is in the old concealed the old is in the new revealed what does that tongue twister mean it means that the the doctrines that were displayed complete in the new testament were actually there in seed form in the old testament So we get a picture in the Old Testament of what became a reality in the New Testament. Now, landmarks in in the Bible times, they, they would put landmarks, they would put stones to remember. You might remember Laban and Jacob put a stone so they would not cross that boundary to do each other any harm. And there are landmarks in our lives. So... The first landmark that I want to bring to your attention this morning is of Israel coming out of slavery. For 430 years, these people had been slaves. They looked like slaves. They talked like slaves. They acted like slaves. But they wanted something different. And it might be in church this morning, you're wanting something different. I remember a a dear brother that we had here many, many years ago. He was coming home from the town in Plymouth here, and he was drunk. And he was miserable. And he said to himself, there must be more to life than this. And he was just outside on that corner there. And he looked up at our notice board for Alpha. There is more to life than this. (laughs) He came to one of our Alpha courses and gave his life to Christ. Hallelujah. He was called Mark Potage, who my wife said, it's not Potage, it's Pottage. like Mrs. Bouquet. Wasn't Mrs. Bucket. (laughs) Well, Mark gave his life to Christ. He now lives in Oxford, and he's still a great golfer. (laughs) There must be more to life than this. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and have it in all its fullness, God had seen the longing of their heart And this is what the book of Exodus says The Lord said I've surely seen the oppression of my people Who are in Israel In Egypt, I'm sorry And I've heard their cry Because of their taskmasters For I know their sorrows So I've come down to deliver them Out of the hand of the Egyptians To bring them up from that land To a good land, a large land A land flowing with milk and honey that the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and the old timers used to say, and all the otherites as well. <laughs> now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. So God calls Moses at the burning bush, and God sends Moses back to the place where he was a failure. 40 years earlier, and Moses along with his brother Aaron go to Pharaoh and say to King Pharaoh, God wants his people to be free of Egypt. They want to go out and worship the Lord. Well, how many of you know the devil does not give in easily? The devil does not want anybody to be a follower of Christ. He doesn't want anybody to serve the Lord. And Pharaoh, who is a type of Satan who holds this world, will not let the people go. This is what Moses said. He said, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey? his voice and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. And in fact, he made their their life worse, made them make bricks without straw, made their life more horrible than it was before. But God began to deliver Israel, and he did it by sending plagues on the land of Egypt. These were really aimed against the nature gods of Egypt and God afflicted the Egyptians so that he would they would let Israel go you might remember there was the plague of the rivers of blood and then the frogs and then the la- the gnats and the lice and the flies and pharaoh is being hit by these afflictions all the time. And each time he says, oh, I'll let them go. And then he's changed his mind. He said, I'm not letting them go. So God sent some more plagues. He said, yes, I will. I'll let them go. And then he changed his mind when things got better. He said, I'm not going to let them go. So God was tightening the screw to get a deliverance. But Pharaoh compromised. And there was four compromises And this is what Pharaoh said in um, Exodus 8. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, go, sacrifice to the Lord your God in the land. In other words, do your God bit, but still stay under my control. Still stay in my kingdom. By all means, get a little religious. Do your Sunday thing, but really let your lifestyle and everything else still stay in bondage to me. How many of you know that's what Satan wants? Satan's not too bothered you turn up in church once in a while, put a fiver in the offering. <clears throat> but so long as your lifestyle don't change, so long as you're still under his control and his kingdom, he's happy. And so this is a compromise. <clears throat> Sacrifice In the land. Moses said, no, sir, we're coming out of the land. God hits them with more uh, problems. And then um, Pharaoh compromises again. He says, don't go very far away. Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far. Intercede. Don't get too serious. Don't become one of them born again people. One lady said, I'm a Christian but I'm not one of them born again ones. (laughs) Goodness. Jesus said, you've got to be born again. You can't be a Christian unless you're born again. Born of water and of the Spirit. Pharaoh says, just go a little outside. You can go but don't go too far. Don't get too deep into it. You know, we've heard of people yes, don't get too deep into this. So he's 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 compromising. And then God sends them boils and then hail that struck the crops and then swarms of locusts that blackened the sky and ate everything. So Pharaoh's next compromise is leave your families behind. This is what he said. Pharaoh resorted, The Lord will certainly need to be with you. If I let you take your little ones, I can see through your evil plan. Never. Never Says uh, Pharaoh. Only the men may go and worship the Lord, since that is what you requested. And Pharaoh threw them out of the palace. Leave your families behind. How many of you know the devil wants you to leave your families behind? All right, for you to get saved, leave your kids, leave your friends, leave your. aunts and uncles. God wants all of us leaving Egypt. Don't leave your families behind. How many of you would like to see your family saved? Brother brother or a sister, a, a son or a daughter, Maybe some of your friends that you've known for a long time. How many of you would like to see them coming into the kingdom of Jesus? I'm so glad we have three children. Uh, Praise God. They're all in the kingdom of God. We have 11 grandchildren at the last count. (laughs) (coughs) I'm not sure all of them. My wife is firmly believing for all of them. I am too, (laughs) I'm behind her in this. (laughs) How many of you would like to see your families come to know the Lord? Don't leave Egypt without them. The night they were coming out of Egypt, this is what Moses was commanded to tell the children of Israel. He said, what you, you need to do now, you need to get a little lamb that's spotless without fault or without blemish. And you've got to keep it from the 10th day to the 14th day. And on the 14th day, you are to kill this little lamb and you're to catch its blood in a basin. And then you're to get a little sprig of hyssop, a little plant, uh, a broom thing, and you to dip the uh, hyssop in the blood. Tonight, he says, an angel, the angel of death, is going to go over all the land of Egypt. And he's looking for one thing. He's just looking to see the blood. That's all he's looking for. And when he sees the blood, he's going to pass over you. This is such a spiritual principle that Christ Jesus, our Lord, he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And when we apply that precious blood to ourselves, praise God, we are saved and saved forever. There is nothing that you can do to add to it. There is nothing you can do to take from it. All you have to do is apply the blood to your life. It is not your good deeds, the old, the old song says. All the worth I have before him is the value of the blood. I present when I adore him Christ, the first fruits unto God. Him with joy does God behold. Thus is my acceptance told. We are accepted because of that which Christ has done on our behalf. Now, in my imagination, I see two families next door to one another. One, their eldest son, is a bit of a rogue. You know, he does cheat and he does lie a little and, and, and all this kind of business. The other guy is, is, is never put a foot wrong in his life. <clears throat> Dad says, "My boy's, my boy's a good boy. I don't need that blood business on my door. The other one says, we better get the blood up there because the angel of death is going to come over. Now, the good guy who has not applied the blood, the angel was only looking for the blood. He was not looking for the good... Or the bad person within he was looking for the blood and the wonderful wonderful thing is this that what your life has been you might have you might have been in and out of jail you might have been in all kinds of problems and cheating and lying and goodness. when you apply the blood, praise God, you're saved and it, and it protects you. But if you're relying on your good deeds I, I remember once when I was used to go around knocking on doors. Uh, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, inviting people along. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I am not the tallest person in the world, I think that's obvious. Uh, and I remember talk, going to this house and this lady, she must have been six foot, she, she might have been seven foot tall, I don't know. <laughs> she, uh, and she was standing on the step and I was, uh, and I was inviting her along to church. She looked down at me, she said, Sonny, she said. my brother is a Methodist minister you know case closed (laughs) case closed her brother was a Methodist minister nothing else to say sadly she's missed it sadly she's missed all that Christ has done Christ died for sinners and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's as you apply the blood. You see, the blood is in the basin. Christ died 2,000 years ago, but it's still no good in the basin. You need to apply it to your life. That Christ died for the whole world, but Christ died for me. <coughs> and if I believe, for God so loved the world, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And this is the way we're saved. There is nothing you can do to add to it, and there is nothing you can do to take from it. <clears throat> if, if you saw me going into the Louvre Museum in Paris with a, a, a palette and paints and a few brushes, and you asked me, David, what are you doing? I would say, I'm going to finish the Mona Lisa. I certainly would finish it. (laughs) How can you finish what's finished? It's finished. Anything else would detract from it. When he died upon that cross, he cried, it is finished. It's paid. It's all done. The price of our redemption was finished upon the cross. And all who want to can come and believe. And this is the way God delivers us from sin and Satan and all of, all of the enemy's advances and kingdom were coming out. And these people, it was a landmark in their lives where they came out and they came out every bit. How many of us were not just going to worship God in the land of Egypt like Satan wants We're not just going a little bit, Father. We're not leaving our kids behind with the grace of God. And everything we have and everything we are is coming out with us. We're coming all. We were hearing last week, weren't we, about discipleship, being a follower of Jesus, a wholehearted follower of Christ. Amen. I'm just about finished now. In the New Testament, it says, as we come to the communion, <clears throat> it says, when they ate, the Pas- they, they ate the Passover as well, they had to kill the lamb, shed its blood, put it on the door, and then they had to eat the lamb. And Jesus spoke a lot about eating his words, didn't he? Let, me, uh, let my words abide in you. Feed on me. You have no life in yourself You need to feed on me. And we need to feed on the words of Jesus. How many of you know we get strong when we eat the lamb and feed on the words of Christ? And they had to eat it with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. Now, unleavened bread, it speaks of uh, unleavened without yeast. It was a flat bread. And this yeast usually speaks of wickedness. A little bit of wickedness seems to get everywhere, doesn't it? And... uh, This is what the Apostle Paul said uh, when he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, Purge out the old leaven, or the old yeast, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For Indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old yeast, nor with the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And as we come this morning, uh, and those who are watching at home, um, you might like to have communion with your family or, your, or if you are in your own, eat it without malice, without wickedness. And they ate it with bitter herbs. And I think the bitter herbs is a kind of remembrance of what we were like, but praise God now, We're in the family. We were not worthy to be saved, but praise God, he saved us. And as we eat the bread, uh, drink the cup of the Lord, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember the cross and how he died upon it that we might be saved. And this morning, if you're in church this morning, and uh, you're either not sure that you're fully in the kingdom, You're half in the kingdom of darkness. My wife prayed when she prayed earlier of those who had somehow walked away from the Lord, but this morning you want to come back to the Lord. Let this be your first communion that you have as a dedication to Christ. Amen.